want you to hit me as hard as you can. He's a legendary Hollywood actor who retired a decade ago. That's right, Jack Nicholson hasn't made a movie in 10 years. Now you can only see him at award shows and Laker games. So let's think back on the life of Jack Nicholson. This guy doesn't make movies, he makes classics, which is something that Jack actually says himself. But why did this icon step down from his throne? Was he tired of the art of cinema? Was it just old age? Or was it something more? So what the fuck happened to Jack Nicholson? WTF! Thank you and um, good morning. Jack was born in 1937 and raised in New Jersey. He grew up with his mother and his older sister, but in his 30s he would later discover that his sister was actually his mother, and his mother was actually his grandmother. Because it was the 1930s and teen moms didn't get reality MTV shows, they just got public shame. It was scandalous in their Catholic neighborhood, and learning that his birth mama was his big sister must have been very difficult. Young Jack loved movies and he idolized Marlon Brando, and as a teen he proudly took on the role of class clown in school. He even worked as a lifeguard on a beach and saved quite a few lives. One day, while patrolling the waves, Nicholson spotted Joker actor Cesar Romero. He was strolling along the beach and young Jack went up to him and spoke to Romero about working in Hollywood, what it was like to be an actor. Jack asked for Romero's advice because he was planning on moving to Hollywood soon. And this OG Joker looked little Jack right in the eyes and said that Hollywood can be the lousiest town in the world if you're not working. And after graduating, he did move out to Hollywood to get into showbiz. He started out his career in the industry as a messenger boy at MGM Studios, and he also ran errands for animators Hanna-Barbera. Jack Nicholson failed his first screen test and decided to take acting lessons because he wasn't good. In class, he befriended Roger Corman, who, as we all know, would go on to become a legendary producer. And Roger Corman could see the talent that was in Jack Nicholson. He discovered Jack Nicholson and put him in his first film, The Crybaby Killer. And Corman also gave him a nice little part in the original Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> oh my god, don't stop now! Next step for Jack was to work on a few low-budget westerns, some small TV parts, and a few more Roger Corman movies. Nicholson got heavy into the psychedelic drug scene and was taking lots of acid. One night, he and his wife were tripping, and while his wife was hallucinating, she saw Jack turn into the devil. This caused some tension in their marriage and would be one of the reasons they would divorce. His family life was falling apart and his career was going nowhere. So he decided to take a shot at screenwriting and he wrote a movie for the monkeys called Head. And he penned the script for the film The Trip, which was inspired by his LSD experiences. Fellow acid head Peter Fonda directed this one, and this led to Jack's next role. It was a role that would change his life in a film that would change the world. Easy Rider. This drug-fueled cinematic hippie trip defined the counterculture and revolutionized independent cinema. Playing this fun-loving, drunken lawyer dude even earned him an Oscar nomination. His first of many. Yeah! <laughs> Indians. Behind the scenes of Easy Rider was even wilder than the film. They were doing real drugs and stuff, real hippie hippie stuff. 
Jack infamously smoked over a hundred joints during the campfire scene, and this scene instantly made Jack a star. There's a great monologue about UFOs and stuff. Aliens. Nicholson's role in Easy Rider is brief, only 17 minutes to be exact, but he sure does leave an impression. Jack was starting to become the legend that we know today. Easy Rider was very successful. It made almost $45 million at the box office, which was unheard of for a small indie flick. And Jack got a cut of the profits. And the first thing he did with that money was buy a house in the Hollywood Hills, right next to Marlon Brando. He did a film with Streisand called On a Clear Day You Can See Forever, which is one of the few films on Rotten Tomatoes to be ranked 100%. Another Oscar nomination soon followed with Five Easy Pieces, a wonderful cinematic classic. <laughs> this film really gave Nicholson a chance to shine and let audiences see his screen presence. This movie was like, hello world, this is Jack Nicholson. These are the kind of movies he's going to make. And just sit back and enjoy it for the next couple decades. Next, Jack revealed to the world his love of basketball, which he would be later known for almost as much as his acting. He directed a basketball movie called Drive, he said, and it was very controversial because of a full frontal shower scene. Jack is always trying to stir up trouble, and it usually involves naked people. Jack always worked with the greatest filmmakers, which is why he became so respected, like Mike Nichols in Carnal Knowledge, and The Fortune, and again in 1986 with Heartburn. And then he would team up many times with his Five Easy Pieces director and make films like The King of Marvin Gardens and The Postman Always Rings Twice. And he would work with director Michelangelo Antonioni with The Passenger, which is a beautiful film. Look at that shot, look at it, wow, look at that shot, whoa, wow, it's a great shot. Nothing but greatness was coming from Jack, nothing but greatness. There was the last detail from Hal Ashby, which got him another Oscar nomination and Chinatown, directed by Roman Polanski in 1974. <laughs> oh, and here's a fun fact that's not fun at all, but you know that horrible thing that Roman Polanski did? Yeah, that one. Well, he did it in Jack Nicholson's hot tub. But but don't worry, Jack was not home, so... So he's... he's okay. But yeah, Chinatown, uh, it's considered one of the greatest films of all time. Some even consider it the greatest. But who's to say? You can say whatever you want. It's really good, it's a classic. Oh, and don't forget the Who musical, Tommy, he was in it. Then Jack finally won that unholy golden idol called the Oscar, when he gave the performance of a lifetime and one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Crazy Jack got to play a crazy guy playing crazy. It, it, it was crazy. Worked with another brilliant filmmaker, Milos Forman. This movie proved that he was a superstar. He's probably the most unusual movie star we've ever seen. Like he's 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 weird looking and but he also like looks like a movie star. I don't know. He he's a character actor and a leading man mixed together to create his own category of actor. He was treating acting like it was jazz. His style was so refreshing and it paved the way for other big stars to experiment and and, and, and take on unusual characters like this. <laughs> Jack finally got to act alongside his childhood hero and next-door neighbor Marlon Brando in Arthur Penn's western The Missouri Breaks. And he worked with yet another master filmmaker, Elian Kazan, in The Last Tycoon. Now it was time for Jack to step behind the camera again in Goin' South. Then, of course, there was The Shining. He got to experience working with Stanley Kubrick. His freaky face frightened an entire world and created nightmares for generations of moviegoers. At the time the film came out, it actually wasn't widely praised. 
people did not like it that much. But now everybody puts it on the top of their favorite horror movie list. It was in Ready Player One. So that means something. Here's Johnny! Jack was in the epic film Reds with another Oscar nomination and he was great in the film The Border. Then he won the Oscar again for Best Supporting Actor this time in Terms of Endearment. Played an astronaut, but it doesn't take place in space. There's so many other great performances. Uh, he worked with director John Huston in Prizzy's Honor, and he was romantically involved with his daughter, Angelica. This film brought him another Oscar nomination. And there was George Miller's Witches of Eastwick in 1987, and another Oscar nomination for the film Ironweed. Then came the year 1989. It was the year of the bat. Jack Nicholson brought to life the Joker for the first time ever on the big screen in Tim Burton's Batman movie, called Batman. He showed that big time respected actors could be in comic book movies, and he showed that you could be silly and have a fun time, but still give a wonderful performance. Jack is dead, my friend. You can call me Joker. And Jack Nicholson was so good, people actually thought that no one would ever even try to perform <laughs> as the Joker again, but there was Heath Ledger. He was brave enough, but since Jack's Joker left such an impression on our pop culture, Heath had to do something radically different. Because if you just copy Jack, you risk the attack of the fanboys, and they can be vicious. I know, I'm one of them. And of course, Heath was amazing too in his own way. Both Jokers are amazing. <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> and, and here's something that I, I feel like I need to mention. Um, when the paparazzi asked Nicholson to share his thoughts on the death of Heath Ledger, Jack replied with quite possibly the most bizarre answer ever. I warned him. He he warned him? What what is what is that what does that mean? Is that just Jack's twisted sense of humor? Or did Jack warn Heath about taking on the role of the Joker or or about drugs or just about Hollywood in general? He warned him? I what what is it's just, the guy just died. A guy who, who was playing a character that you were known for and being compared to, and he, he just died, and a young, tragic death, and and you reply, I warned him. Like, what? <laughs> what? That's either some Illuminati thing, or Jack is, is just being Jack. <laughs> Both seem equally possible to me. What do you think Jack was talking about? Comment your comments in the comments. I warned him. Then in 1990, he directed a sequel to Chinatown called The Two Jakes, which I've never even heard of until now. It's a fucking sequel to Chinatown? Like, what? It was made, like, years after the original. Why? Is it good? Have y'all seen it? Am I a horrible human being for not even knowing that this film existed? I love Chinatown. How did I not know about this movie? Should I be tarred and feathered for this, or is this is this like a real-life cinema sin? What do you guys think? Comment your comment in the comments. <laughs> And like all womanizing Hollywood playboys, Jack had some personal problems with his girlfriend, Angelica Houston, when he impregnated a woman who was not his girlfriend, Angelica Houston. But this scandal did not slow down Jack's career one bit. When Jack misbehaves, people kind of just go, that's Jack. <laughs> it's like a sitcom with a laugh track. The guy could get everything in the world pregnant and we would just shrug our shoulders and go, there he goes again, let's give him another Oscar. But yeah, the scandal didn't hurt him one bit. Next, he joined the incredible ensemble cast of A Few Good Men. It was the 90s and Jack was hot stuff and still at the top of his game. It's the truth. I, I don't know if you can handle it or not, but it's the truth. And, and oh yeah, yet again, he got an Oscar nom. He's like the male Meryl Streep. I call him Male Streep. 
Sean Penn then directed him in The Crossing Guard, then he played Jimmy Hoffa, and there was no digital de-aging needed, and a werewolf with no digital effects needed. Then he did a sequel to Terms of Endearment, entitled The Evening Star, which I also had no idea existed until right now. How do I not know about these Jack Nicholson sequels? He teamed up with Tim Burton again to play two roles, one of which being the president of the US of A in the sci-fi satire Mars Attacks. When I saw this as a kid, I, I didn't understand the satire. I didn't even know what satire was. I, I'm still not 100% sure, but, but this movie was legitimately dramatic and terrifying to me. Then I watched it again years later in my adult years, and I found it hilarious. It was like one movie, with, but, but two experiences. Two birds, one stone. But of course, not everybody loves this movie. Some people really hate it. But you gotta admit, it's fun to watch Jack Nicholson be the president. Then he nabbed his third Oscar with As Good As It Gets. And Jack would joke that he had an Oscar for every decade. Jack was so good in this, he was as good as it gets. <laughs> was that the worst joke in the world? Comment your comment in the comments. In 1998, he went to Cuba and hung out with Fidel Castro. And you would think that palling around with a communist dictator would hurt your career. But no, remember kids, this is Hollywood. It's okay. Then he took a four year break, cause why the hell not? And he returned with The Pledge, his second film directed by Sean Penn. And then Jackie Boy gave a fabulous performance in About Schmidt. It's one of my favorite Jack Nicholson films. And of course he got an Oscar nomination. This is a great film, it, it shows a side of Jack that we, we never get to see. His character was kind of pathetic, and, and there's none of that Jack confidence and charm. But yet he still captured audiences' hearts and had us again rooting for a different kind of grumpy old bastard. And he got to see Kathy Bates naked. But most people know this movie because it's the source of a YouTube video meme thing. Jack Nicholson reacting to Jared Leto's interpretation of the Joker. And nowadays being a video meme thing is more important than being a video movie star thing. <laughs> then came Anger Management, where he starred alongside Adam Sandler. This was a different kind of thing for Jack, but he fit right into this wacky world. Sandler and Nicholson had a lot of chemistry, and since it was 2003 and this was an Adam Sandler comedy, it made 200 million bucks. Anger management was perfect for Jack because he's made a career out of being angry. This guy's great at being angry. He's the best angry guy. I said over easy! Then Jack played an elderly womanizer who has a taste for younger women. In the romantic comedy, something's gotta give. There's a charming rom-com and he got to see Diane Keaton naked. <gasps> God, am I sorry. Then he took another break from acting, cause why the hell not? And three years later, he gave us The Departed. Finally, Jack got to work with Martin Scorsese, and it was a match made in movie heaven. Why did these two wait till 2006 to work together? Just imagine all of the great films they could have been making over the decades. Oh well, I guess it all happens for a reason. But yeah, The Departed is great. It's one of Marty's best, one of Jack's best. It's a great cast, and Jack rules over them all with his iron fist of acting Irishness. Director Marty allowed Jack to improvise and do whatever he wanted, which is why every scene with Jack is so bizarre and out of control, but it works perfectly. No, rat. He surprised Leo and pulled a gun on him, and he surprised Damon and pulled a big black sex toy on him. That's Jack! Mr. Nicholson then teamed up with yet another acting legend, Morgan Freeman, for the comedy The Bucket List. 
because old people are funny. Jack plays a man who is dying, and since Jack is a method actor, he met with people who were dying and talked to them about what it was like to, to be dying. Imagine being on your deathbed and Jack Nicholson is looking down on you and he's like, Tell me how you feel. I'm doing research for a Rob Reiner comedy. Surrender to the void! Critics weren't too crazy about this one, but audiences loved it. it made a lot of money. This film was about two seniors checking off their bucket list, which put the morbid thought in all of our minds that Jack wouldn't be around forever. And that we hoped his real bucket list included making more great films. But it didn't. In 2010, Jack possibly made his final silver screen appearance in How Do You Know? He played Paul Rudd's dad, and it bombed. The film lost millions at the box office, and critics tore it to pieces. One critic from The Guardian called it a depressing parade of nothingness, and the film lost over $100 million. Jack's cinematic swan song was a dud, and everybody hated it. After decades and decades of pumping out classic masterpieces, Jack ended it all with something very less than good. Nicholson was done. No more acting. No more brilliant monologues. No more crazy-eyed close-ups. No more movies. No more Jack. But actually, he was in one shot of uh, Joaquin Phoenix's social experiment, I'm Still Here. I don't think that really counts, but I just wanted to show you footage of two Jokers hugging. It's pretty cool. Look at that. Let's just watch it for a second. Two Jokers hugging. Two worlds colliding. I'm sorry, I'm gonna, let's, okay, back to, the, um, what am I doing? Okay, yes. Rumors of memory loss and health problems circulated the tabloids, but Jack denied the reports and said he feels better than ever. He was just bored of being a movie star and he's enjoying retirement. He said he's still quote-unquote wild at heart, but can't party and hit on girls at his age anymore. Thank God. Even though he was clearly creeping up on J-Law at the 2012 Oscars. That's Jack! Nicholson has also said that he doesn't want to work until the day he dies. Some actors do that, and that's very respectable, but Jack doesn't want to do that. He achieved his superstar Oscar-winning icon status, and he's perfectly fine not dying in the spotlight. Jack actually never really did enjoy the celebrity status, the, the red carpet stuff. No, he, he, he hated it. He never did interviews, and he actually he, he hasn't been on a talk show since the 70s. He, he loved the perks of Hollywood and the wild parties and the women and the drugs. Don't get me wrong, but it's time to move on. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? And it's not like he retired because the offers stopped coming in. No, no, no. He, he actually constantly gets scripts thrown his way. But Jack don't want to be back. But don't give up hope. Uh, we, we, we saw a, a glimmer of hope in 2017 when he planned to return to the silver screen for the American remake of the acclaimed German film, Tony Erdman, but eventually dropped out of the project. So at least that shows that occasionally the acting bug still bites him. Come on, Jack, don't go out on how do you know. Give, give us one more, if you have it in you. Maybe like a glorified cameo or something. I don't know. You don't have to, but it's okay. I, I understand. You've worked hard, you've worked your ass off, and movies are better because of you. There are plenty of great Jack films out there. I'm being selfish. I'll just rewatch them. You just relax on your yacht. It's cool. You don't have to make movies anymore. I, I'll get over it. I love his movies almost as much as he loves the Lakers. Actually, I don't think anybody loves anything as much as Jack Nicholson loves the Lakers. <laughs> Jack had better hops in his youth, but I love his passion. So what the fuck happened to Jack Nicholson? 
classic after classic after classic, and then suddenly, gone. No more work. He worked and worked and worked, and, and now he wants to play. So I guess it's more true than ever that all work and no play does make Jack a dull boy. Even though dull is a word I would never use to describe anything about Jack Nicholson. And that's what the f*** happened to Jack Nicholson.